Chapter Twelve of Fruits of the Spirit. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Fruits of the Spirit by Hamilton Wright Maybe. The Upper Room. When the first day of unleavened bread came, Jesus sent Peter and John into the city and told them that they would meet a man whom they were to follow and who would show them a room in which the Passover could be eaten. He will show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared. There make ready for us. When the hour was come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. No scene in history is more simple in its setting, none more memorable. It has been described with beautiful and reverent eloquence. It has been painted with supreme skill by a master of the art. It has been rehearsed times without number in many different forms, according to the most diverse rituals. It has been observed as a simple breaking of bread and pouring of wine, and it has been celebrated at blazing altars by richly vested priests. But its innermost significance can never be entirely expressed in any worship nor formulated in any creed the beauty and wonder of it lie on the further side of any kind of language which men have fashioned to give ease to their souls but one great fact stands out in this wonderful scene the upper room was the place of meeting between christ and his apostles it will remain forever the symbol of the communion between god and man the quiet place hidden from the world where man meets god and is fed by the bread of life that food by which the soul lives bestowed only by the hand of god the world is full of men and women who have eaten the fruit of every tree except the tree of life who partake of everything that gives vigor to the body but never sit at the invisible table where that bread is spread which makes one stronger than death among all the manifold ironies of life there is none so terrible as our well-nourished body and the starving soul as there are beautiful faces in which no spirit irradiates the mask of bones and flesh so there are prosperous men and women whose lot awakens the envy of their fellows whose outward success is without spiritual dignity or meaning men can exist without the words that proceed from the mouth of god but they cannot live without them they build themselves palaces and lay the skill of the world under contribution to make them stately without and luxurious within but they provide no upper room they open their doors wide and entertain their friends lavishly but there is no place for god under the roof there are magnificent rooms where guests are welcomed with royal splendor there are great galleries into which are gathered the treasures of many ages and countries but there is no upper room the activities and rewards of the time are so engrossing that many high-minded and pure-hearted people find no time for meditation and communion in the upper room many of them are so bent on helping their fellows that they forget whence cometh their help they are so eager to share the sorrows of their fellows that they forget him who bore the cross up the steep way to calvary they are so drained by the duties they take up that they lose the inspiration which makes duty the channel through which love pours itself out they listen with such passionate attention to the cries for help that come from the world around them 
that they no longer hear the still small voice of the father of all men in the house of the generous and self-sacrificing as in the houses of the selfish and hard-hearted there is no upper room and yet no man can live without god it is true he comes in a thousand forms and speaks many languages but it is also true that men must make ready the room in which they can meet him face to face where there is no upper room the house however nobly appointed and dedicated may remain a place of courage and arduous endeavor but it ceases to be a place of contagious hope of that vision which enables men to look at the sorrows of the arid lives without losing heart in the infinite love for those who give themselves to works of mercy and stand ready to help in the highways no less than for those who feed their bodies and starve their souls the upper room is not only a place of refuge it is a necessity of the higher nature and the more exacting the work becomes and the greater its interest and reward the more pressing is the need of the upper room for the tumult of the world dies into silence and the ambitions of the world shrink into the rewards of a passing hour and man talks with his god End of chapter 12